What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Come with me if you want to live. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. The Force will be with you. Always. I'm starting to record. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and today I'm joined by Ray from the Into the Night podcast. How you doing, Ray? You okay? I'm doing very well, Scott. Uh, thanks for inviting me over. This should be a, a very fun one. Ah, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It's uh, my sort of first big retrospective, or sort of the first retrospective I'm doing of the year. And uh, we're doing Indiana Jones. This is a franchise cl- close to my heart. I've, uh, uh, well, at least, at least three quarters of it is close to my heart. <laughs> um, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. But... Uh, Yes, Indiana Jones. What are your initial thoughts then about about Indy and the the, the Indiana Jones franchise? Ah, uh, look, Scott, I've got I've got a lot of love and a lot of time for Indiana Jones. Um, similar to, I guess you would lump it in with the likes of uh, like Star Wars um, and all all the classics. Um, I'd say Back to the Future mm. as well, all that that trilogy, which kind of. Um, takes me back to my childhood uh, and kind of gives me those warm and fuzzy feelings. Um, Indiana Jones is uh, one of the, the the most unforgettable, I think, action stars in in Hollywood. Uh, uh, quite a, a legendary figure. Um, but yeah, so I've I've just got a lot of time for Indiana Jones and rewatching um, all these Indiana Jones films. It, it just kind of reiterated that as well. Yeah, I, I admit. I, I... Because of watching these all over sort of a relative short period, just reminded me how how rewatchable they are, like how much mm. fun they are. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's such a classic way that it is made, and and granted, it's like it was made in like the eighties, right? And mm. um, it, it's a period piece essentially because it's done in the thirties. But it, it's I don't know the pacing, the beats of it, um, just really, um, really ring true and and i guess you could you could argue that they they did stick to a formula yeah. throughout all of them um to an extent um, but it works you know and as you say it still holds up um in rewatches and the character itself of indiana jones is, is very charming yes well yeah there's actually this is one of those things that uh as you go back um and uh watch these especially with the uh, Hindsight and, and you know looking for that more critical thing. So um, mm. there's a few things around Indy, uh, you know Indiana Jones in particular as a character that <clears throat> may need addressing and probably um, you know don't don't uh, certain certain politics maybe don't hold up as well as they should do uh, or maybe they you know maybe they right should be. yeah but uh, yes we'll get to that we'll get to that uh, I have to say this from my point of view mm-hmm. uh, Indy is a, is a massive influence um, and. Yes. Uh, at some point, I may even see if I can dig it out and I'll put it on on Twitter or something. But Indiana Jones inspired me to do cosplay before I even knew what cosplay was. Oh wow! Uh, there's a picture of a, of a <laughs> six-year-old me uh, from around 1980, sort of 86, uh, 87, uh, mm-hmm. dressed in a green shirt, a leather jacket, and a little fedora hat, and using a binoculars case wow. as a as a sort of a knapsack. Um, 
Uh, and that wasn't even for a party. <laughs> that wasn't even for a party. That's just me on a it was me on a Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah. I I was I would I love these of, films. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of testament as well um, to the character himself. I mean, these days we're heavily. Um, inundated with superhero characters and comic book characters and and you're talking about cosplay and and people love to fantasize about being that character indiana jones was one of the um i guess in hollywood one of the first more modern superhero characters he wasn't a, a comic book character per se but he had all the qualities of it he he um uh, swashbuckling um mm. fearless uh, he's everything a young um, a young boy, and, and I'm sure the young girls as well, um, but, you know, this is very dated, uh, but it's everything a young boy would kind of strive to be and look up to, look up to. Um, he was a very, uh, yeah, just he, just his heroism and his um, fearless nature was so attractive. Yeah, and I say, it's, as you sort of said before, like, you know, as a character sort of like, Harrison Ford rounds him out to make him, you know, such a, an iconic character. Um but yep. you're right. I mean, this is a, to be fair. Like he's almost like a transitional character between that sort of like modern cinema um, and, and the mm-hmm. old world. Really, I mean, you know, he's a um, he's based on those sort of the serials and the pulp adventures of sort of of the 30s yes. and 40s. You know, sort of, um, and that's where sort of Spielberg and George Lucas really were sort of paying homage to and sort of you know tapping into. But like you say, they've done it in a sort of in a modern sensibility, and so Steven Spielberg definitely brings that sort of, um, you know, if I mean if you were to play those '30s and '40s sort of swashbuckling adventures today, like you probably wouldn't get, you know, they wouldn't get your heart racing in the same way. But um, mm. they do; they transition yeah. and bring him into the modern age, um, which is really cool. Yeah, he's got, I don't know, he's got like a, a secret X factor to it. Because I was thinking as well, we're talking about him being an action star, uh, looking through the 80s as well. We've got, um, you know, massive action stars in their own right. You know, you have the big Arnie who um, would be coming out later on to, he's, he'd probably have done Conan at this stage and he's later on going to um, take on the Terminator role. Uh, you have Die Hard, the trilogy, which you have John mm. McClane, the everyman, as, a, as an action star. But it's just something with Indiana Jones, um, and I think it's more, it, it transitions more than that pulpy feel, because that is good in its own way, but it's just something about him, uh, he's just a very likeable character mm. in, well, well, we should get into it, I'd say in at least the first and third films, yeah. I, I think. Um but yeah, there's a certain uh, charm to him that he has. That other, I don't know. John McClane has has a different sort of charm to him. A bit more of a modern urban um, mm. kind of feel. But Indiana Jones, this hark back to the older age, um, and and this thing archaeology. I'm sure he would have done something similar to students wanting to study archaeology um, the same way that Jaws um, drove people away from the beaches, you know, when it first aired. I, I think it, it probably did. It did. Yeah. No, it did. Uh, no, my second confession, yeah. my second confession is that ah. I, did a, I did a history degree, um, but uh, ah. I, I, went, I did look at archaeology first, and it was very much mm-hmm. driven by the desire to be Indiana Jones. Uh, unfortunately, That's I, awesome. Unfortunately, yeah. I did look into it, and found that it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. It was it was a lot more closer to. Uh, there's a show called Time. There's a show over here called Time Team, which is a bunch of sort of like middle-aged okay. and aging guys just in a dirty sort of muddy pit, 
picking out little bits of crockery and going, oh, look at this. Look at this small piece of crockery. And I'm like, where's, where's all the supernatural artefacts from around the world? No, yeah. it's, more, it's, it's more a case of looking at arrowheads and uh, uh, mosaics. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it didn't quite work out on that front. But yeah. you're right, it definitely inspired uh, people to look up in that avenue. I'm sure it did. Um, mm. But yeah, so let's, let's jump yeah. in on the first film then. So, um, initially... Uh-huh. Just called Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, retrospectively sort of changed to become Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, released mm-hmm. in 1981, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Lawrence Kasdan, uh, story by George Lucas, with contributions from Steven Spielberg. Um, starring Indiana Jones himself, Harrison Ford, um, uh, Karen Allen as Marion, uh, Paul Freeman as Belloc, uh, Ronald Lacey as Tote. Uh, John Rhys Davies as Sala uh, and Denham Elliott as Marcus Brody. Uh, now the story is that uh, I'm not sure what university is at, but a uh, archaeological professor uh, is tasked by the um, American intelligence services to track down initially just a the head of a, a thing called the head of Ra, uh, because the Nazis are searching in a place called Tanis for the lost ark uh, of the covenant which would allegedly or possibly give them the power of god and the power of sort of destroy the armies ahead of them Uh, this drives indy onto an adventure across most of sort of the middle east um, to search for the lost ark and goes up against a number of nazi enemies Uh, the film ends with the ark having been found uh, and taken to a secret island where a uh, ancient jewish ritual is to be uh, held um, but doesn't go well for the Nazis, uh, and eventually the film ends with the Lost Ark being taken to what can what we, what we find later is actually Area Fifty One. Uh, that's a bit of a rundown, really. But um, before yeah. before we even get to that, we get one of possibly the most iconic cold opens for a film ever. <laughs> Yes. So. Yeah, I, I would say um, I was speaking to, to someone about this film um, recently as well, and I'd have to say, um, I mean, the movie as a whole is, is great. It's a lot of fun, but I'd have to say it is vastly outshadowed by the cold opening because yeah. that has been imprinted in, in any moviegoer's um, you know, brain um, I, so I've certainly seen it a lot more than I've seen the whole film, mm. uh, you know. Um, I, th- I think I got the old VHS back in the day. Um, incidentally, I think it was McDonald's. Uh, they were giving away $2 VHSs um, yeah, with that with a meal or something, and wow. I remember getting uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah, uh, and Top Gun. I got That was another one I got. But, uh, yeah, that opening is phenomenal. It is so good. Um, I love... Um, the introduction, the the literal introduction of Indiana Jones, and how Spielberg conceals his um, appearance mm. for a long time. So you only see this guy leading this kind of expedition pack, and he's got you know the the profile of his of his hat and just his face, and you don't know it's well you, you don't see Harrison Ford until much later. Um, but the booby traps and everything, it, it's just it's just brilliant. Um, well, how about yourself? No, you, you're right. I mean, watching it this time, I, I really wanted to focus in on this part of the film. And, and to me, it almost mm. works as like a short film. You could literally just have, the, you know, <laughs> yeah. from the, that moment to, to when they escape in the plane. Like, 
it works as just mm. a sort of like it, it's it's like that perfect encapsulation and introduction to the character because it's you know it basically shows you what Indy is like you know it shows you that um, he's not your average professor so you know he you, he's actually got a darker side mm. like like you said they have him literally stepping out of the shadows um, mm. and then going on and sort of the, the risks he's taking throughout that first bit you know sort of um, it show it introduces the, the notion of sort of um, uh, religious superstition when they sort of they see the, the sort of the icon mm-hmm. you know the idols of the um, ancient gods and then I like, see all the booby traps uh, swinging over the the bottomless pit um, knowing yeah. that he's also had the um, uh, the rival that was also killed looking for it Every, right down yes. to the sort of like you know the weighing up of the sand to see if it'll you know the way the idols. Oh, that's brilliant it's yeah it's perfect yeah, that, yeah. yeah. It, it is, yeah, sorry, that weighing of the sand is, I think, just a touch of brilliance. Who would have thought of that, you know? Um, and now it's, it's obviously, it's kind of copied, you know, in, in some mm. other films with people tomb raiding stuff. But who would have, I, I think it's such an inspired thought of like, okay, Indiana Jones obviously, obviously has some, um, uh, you know, prior knowledge of this. He's kind of, he's obviously researched it as well, and he's prepared himself um, so he knew, like you see him take the sand at the at the entrance of the of the you know tomb or cave that he goes into. So he knows what's coming, um, and I just love how you know he kind of weighs it up. It brings that tension, but also all those booby traps are just it's the pure romantic notion of, of tomb raiding and mm. it's done so well um culminating in that i actually i astonished i was astonished myself i knew it was coming with the boulder the boulder scene um as he's running out and uh it surprised me exactly the same as it did when i first watched it i'm just going my gosh there's a boulder you can <laughs> you're gonna get squashed you know and and i was just like enthralled the whole way i mean i knew he was gonna get out but um it, it's just so fun and uh and it, as you say it's a, it's a short film in itself he's got his accomplice um he kind of bites it at the end um just after shortly after he betrays indiana jones by um by claiming the the relic and not giving him his whip mm. uh, so yeah it, it, there's a lot of things a lot of drama happening in it yeah i agree and i think that what, the other thing is you, you mentioned like the booby traps and the boulder um one of the mm-hmm. other things to notice obviously this, this was released in 1981 so no cgi effects all of this is practical um, yeah so that was an entire set that they've set up and it looks it looks stunning um you know, like mm. I said, the, the the temple, and like I said, the boulder chasing him down through the cave, and uh, um, even the fact that like you know, after that, because he comes out the cave, and like Belloc is there waiting for him with some natives, um, and he obviously runs off through the sort of uh, through the woods or through the forest, and then out into that sort of grassy area to get on the plane. Like all of that, like see, you know, it feels like it's shot on location. It probably wasn't. It could have been shot anywhere, but it just feels consistent and. Um, and and sort of like you know you you are part of it like you know you're, I'm so pulled into this um, that I would suggest you yeah. know I would say this is almost like a it's a statement of intent it's you know it's just like Spielberg and that putting this front yes. and center and saying like this is what you're getting like you know just if you think this is good you wait wait till you see what the rest is going to be. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's um, a very strong opening statement. 
for sure. And a lot of the elements from it um, are carried on in the film and in the, the three other films. It's, it's what has made Indiana Jones so entertaining. Mm. I mean, we're talking about the booby traps and you kind of... I'm not sure about you, Scott, as well, but like maybe in the back of your mind when you're watching the other films uh, or when you were watching them for the first time, you're probably thinking, okay, cool, what kind of cool funky booby trap yeah. or what kind of um, challenges must Indiana Jones have to go through this time? Uh, so it's a, it's a kind of thing of oh, how can they better it yeah. um, the next time round? Uh, and uh, yeah, no, it, it's I really like is the introduction of, of Belloc as well because it establishes that Indiana Jones has been doing this for a while himself. So immediately the origin of Indiana Jones it's kind of laid out there. Like uh, he he's seasoned, he knows what he's doing. So in that opening, you get a full sense of who this character is. Uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you what, though, I think what works even is better to extend that is um, mm. this opening action scene, because we're talking about him as the action star, but then they, they literally flip it on its head, and the next scene is him working as the professor, sort of, you know, he's teaching a class, mm. you have the girl blinking with I love you written on her eyelids and all this other stuff, like, you know, which, is, <laughs> we, which is where we start to get, if I'm honest, you, you, start, you start to get a slightly creepy feeling about Indy, which we'll, which we'll explore a little, a little bit, but... <laughs> Um, you get yeah. that thing of like, all right, he's not just this sort of like roguish, um, you know, sort of jet-setting tomb raider. Actually, he's actually a, a well-respected professor and, and an educator. Um, yeah. And also the same with the, with the plot, the way the film's balances. Spielberg and, and Kazan of the, of the you know, writing and directing this clearly understand that you need to get this exposition. Like there's a, there's a, the, the next scene's a heavy chunk of exposition, telling you things like. Um, yes. What the the arc is, what it does, how it, where it fits in sort of um, biblical lore and all this other stuff, and then sort of, and obviously you're getting these character bits around that, and that lasts like ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes. So it's almost mm. like right, we've got to have this really cool action scene up front to get you going, and then we're going to slow it down just to give you the exposition before we get going again. Because I mean, if you started with just that exposition scene, you know, if it started with him as a professor, oh, I don't think this film yes. this, this film would never have have been the success that it is. Yeah, that that well, that's it is strange. It depends on how I guess it's done. I mean, I would agree with you there, Scott, as well. But um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some really weird references now. Um, with we've spoken before uh, on your show about sci-fi stuff like Predator mm. and, and Alien. A lot of the successes there is that you don't see them until much later so you get a lot of exposition and there's that tension of actually seeing them I, I, I granted it's different we're talking about different characters indiana jones and the predator and the xenomorph mm. but um but it can work it can work as well uh, to build that tension but i guess with this type of film um, and with it hinging so much on indiana jones you've got to get the audiences in um you know, straight away and interested. So that opening again it w was perfect for that. And then they can afford to kind of expand the story because they've still got like two hours to fill, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. we, we've got to get the adventures underway. Um, and and also just a note as well, uh, it is a great contrast to him um, 
him as Dr. Jones, as a, as a lecturer, because uh, what it does is that it gives and explains to you that Indiana Jones is not there just to steal relics for his own means. It's, it's for a noble cause. He wants it to be, it belongs in a museum. Like we hear that <laughs> um, a few times. Um, so we know now that he, he, what he's doing is for something that's for the greater good of, of, of archaeology. Um, and, and that's, I think, an important point. Yeah, and that's I think that's you know they say this thing about rounding out the character that he's not just a tomb raider. He's not doing it just for his own um, mm. well-being. Like he is actually I say it belongs in a museum. <clears throat> um, yeah, and again, that's one of those sort of um, notions. You know, almost an imperialistic notion that sort of has been shot down now. That really, if they're going to be in a museum, they should be in a museum in their native country and all this other stuff. But Again, yeah, it's of a yeah. different time. Yeah. But I do like this idea, like I say, because even the things he does bring back, like he doesn't get the the little idol, but he does bring back some other pieces. And um, you get to meet Marcus mm-hmm. Brody, and he does say, "Oh yeah, there's a really nice piece. Yeah, the museum will, will you know, will love these." Um, mm. And you can see that, like you know, it's, it's part and parcel of what he does. He is trying to sort of uh, provide museums with these with these pieces. Um, so it's a good balance of that character. Um, but let's get into the yeah. actual sort of like the, the, the meat of the plot then, because what you do get then is you are then mm-hmm. introduced to two sort of uh, G-men or sort of like you know military intelligence guys um, that provide this explanation that they have got um, traffic, this chatter about um, uh, a guy, um, well, Doctor Ravenwood, that they are the Nazis are looking for him uh, with relation to something to do with. Um, the, st- uh, the staff of Ra. Uh, they don't know what it is, and they've come to talk to Indy about it. And um, then they're worried because obviously Hitler uh, and the Nazi Party are obsessed, they, as they describe it, with finding these supernatural objects all over the world. And then we get this lump of, of basically, uh, as I said, exposition about what the Ark is. Um, so, what are your thoughts on sort of like this point and this, the setup of the plot, but also this this idea of the lost Ark? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it because uh, there is an essence of truth then in um, in in history about about Hitler striving for something like this. Like I, I think um, wasn't he looking for the spear of destiny? Mm. And he he had this other occult side to him that he he kind of believed in this sort of stuff. So I, I like this idea that they kind of played on that. Uh, and the I think the arc is great. I mean, um, we'll get to. The other, the other movies, that, the, which I think the third film has the greatest mm. um, kind of relic to get. But the Ark of Covenant is is, is pretty cool uh, in itself, and and you do hear all about it, and and that's quite um, quite exciting. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's um, it it seemed it seemed pretty good. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not too sure. Um, did you have any any particular? Oh, actually, the point I was actually going to make with Indiana Jones as well, and in this whole heavy exhibition period, is that um, we also know that Indiana Jones is is quite intelligent. Mm. Uh, he's not just a just a, a tomb raider, a grave robber. Um, he knows his stuff, um, and, and you can see that with the the G-men. He actually explains to them the staff of Ra and and all this. And and um, again, you get the funky booby trap. I mean, he explains on the chalkboard about at a certain time of day, certain um, um, you know, the light hits the the jewel and and it will cast the 
um, location onto that model city. Uh, so he's got a lot of knowledge to him. Um, but no, it, it was quite interesting. Um, are we going to go into Nepal as well? Uh, are we yeah, talking we will, yeah, we will. As yeah. far uh, as that, I just want to sort of because uh, you, you called a couple of things out. I, I quite like actually. Which we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get to the, the staff of Ra. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, yep. it's one of those things that's sort of like it's a great notion, um, but I also don't mm-hmm. think it, it, it sort of it works as a great set piece because it's and, and also as a plot device. Um, but when you think yep. about it, it sort of it's not it's, it doesn't wholly work as a, as a sort of a um, it's basically a, a, a GPS, um, <laughs> but the, what, one of the things yeah. is I, lo- I love this point because it basically one of the things that this this point sets up is is um, the the kind of sort of mythology that this this film is going to go into, um, and it's going into Old Testament. This is the Old Testament God. This is sort of like you know sort of the wrath of God. They even say that like the wrath of God, which is fired from yeah. um, the, the Ark of the Covenant. And just from some very light research, so I'm not going to claim to be an expert at any point, but the Ark of the Covenant is referenced in the Bible. Like it's an actual um, biblical part of biblical law. And uh, there's notions of uh, it was carried and it was held in a tent um, so that you couldn't see it. But uh, I forget who was given the, the, the instruction to build it because it held... Um, it did, as it, as it says in the, in the, in the film, it, hold, it held the... the Remains of the tablets that uh, uh, Moses scribed the Ten Commandments right. on. So that is all all true. That's all well, not mm-hmm. true. It's obviously is what says in the Bible. But there are also yes. there are also stories within it within the Bible about how it was sort of carried around. But um, also the instructions of what it was to build. So it was designed to be gold on the inside and out. It was to be a certain dimensions, and it was to have these these sort of angel characters on the top. So the design that's used in the film. Is actually taken again from the Bible, so they've taken that. To, so when they designed oh, it, and wow. built it like it's actually as it's sort of designed, uh, described. I mean, with embellishments and all kinds of stuff, but it's pretty much as it was des- yeah. sort of described in in the Bible, um, which is fascinating that they've taken that. Um, uh, and there's stories I think of like you're not supposed to touch it, and if you were to, if you were to touch certain parts of it, like it would have an effect. Um, I think there's a story of a sort of uh, a soldier. Uh, grabbing at the ark and being disintegrated, or you know, vanishing. I think sort of it describes it in the Bible. So, this notion of power in this sort of uh, biblical item, and it being associated with this god, um, I like the fact that it is. It's an old world god. This isn't the sort of. Um, and please excuse me to any of our Christian listeners. Or anything, you know, this is not to be taken to but it's not sort of like the hippy dippy sort of new age god. It's sort of like all love and happiness, mm-hmm. and you know, sort of everyone should love each other. This is just sort of. You're angry, sort of like worship me, kill your son, or, you know, or I'll destroy you all, kind of God. Um, and it, yeah. it, it sort of sets up to me this notion of like this is a really dangerous item. Like this isn't, you know, yeah. this is this is a powerful item that people believe in, and has a real sense of purpose. Like if if this is to be believed, because you think as well, you don't know that anything is supernatural. This far. if you were to watch this film cold, if you'd come in not knowing it, like yeah. You know whether or not this item is supernatural, which is obviously highlighted at the end. Um, it's people believe in it and people would fear it, and you know, and that's the sort of thing that like Hitler was looking for was these iconic symbols to sort of try and manipulate and control. Um, and it shows that, like, how important this is. Um, and yeah. I, I, I just kind of lo- love that, that how they set that up because again, the dialogue and the sort of the passion that's shown um, by Indy uh, during this discussion is, is really interesting. 
Yeah. It's also interesting as well. I mean, the stuff of Ra, um, so Scott, that is pretty much from Egypt, uh, Egyptology, mm. right? Mm. Um, so there's a bit of a cross-pollination there, unless I'm misunderstanding something. So, so we're talking about the Ark of the Covenant from the Old Testament, um, mm. the, the Christian Bible. But yeah, it's interesting how it kind of overlaps into... Um, Egyptian gods, like um, uh, Am Shimon, yeah, Am exactly. Ra, the Sun King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's true. So, I mean, well, you and I know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they do say that when they actually get to the, the actual looking at the head of the head of Ra, they do say mm. um, giving something back to the god of Ra. So, so yeah. So it, it, it does cross pollinates, yeah. um, which is fascinating to see those those cultures being used in that way. Yeah, yes, I, I guess because uh, I, I guess because archaeology obviously um, you associate with with Egypt, ancient Egypt, um, mm. but maybe they had this idea of using the Ark of the Covenant, and it was just like, how do we how do we kind of join them together? So I guess they came up with their. I mean, George Lucas and, and Steven Spielberg must have come up with their own way to to kind of um, get those two working together. Yeah, and um, you know, you get the feeling there is something in in his in. Know, history and, and biblical law that they seem to work, but like you said, it, it's, it's well written. And again, you say Lawrence Kasdan, like you know, this is the guy that wrote Empire Strikes Back, so he's a strong writer. Um, so yeah, he did a really good job. Um, but you say we le- we do learn that um, this head of Ra is actually held by was held by uh, R- uh, Doctor Ravenwood, um, and that uh, Indy did know him, and actually his daughter is now somewhere in Nepal, uh, Marion Ravenwood. And we get to meet Marion. So, what? Yeah, what are your thoughts on Marion as a sort of uh, love interest oh. slash sidekick? Yeah, I, I really like her. I think she's um, she's really good. She she's um, she's quite independent, and and I love her introduction as well. Just a drinking game, which is later used. I mean, we see her abilities come to the fore when she tries to escape from from Belloc. Um, but uh, I think she's really, I think she's really good, and she's a good foil to Indiana Jones. Um, without getting too far into the other uh, films, I found um, Indiana Jones tended to overwhelm um, mm. a couple of the, the leading ladies. Uh, but with Marion, not not at all. I mean, they they're pretty much on on even keel. Uh, here and uh, and of course the first time they meet she she gives him she sucker punches him um, so you know that she's uh, she's got a bit of um, you know she's a little hot tempered herself uh, and that scene in Nepal was just brilliant albeit <laughs> some of the makeup used on the Nepalese um, were clearly I, I guess they were Caucasian um, <laughs> but a really dodgy <laughs> kind of shall I say Fu Manchu like. Um, Makeup, yeah. uh, but it was a really, really good scene. I love that scene in her bar, um, and and, uh, and uh, you're talking about political correctness. Um, I'm not sure whether you were leaning towards this way, Scott, as well. But there seems to be during the '80s, at least, um, just casual deaths and, and casual killing, left, right, and center. You know, um, uh, some of it I actually balked at um, when I was watching the movie. Going, oh, oh, geez, that's a bit, that's a bit kind of, you know. They did it without even flinching, um, but yeah, it's a sign of the times, I guess. 
Yeah, no, I, 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 that was actually it is one of the things I would sort of I would le- I mm-hmm. do come back to actually. It's funny that like you say we talk about this guy being like a Harvard professor or whatever tenured professor, yet he has no qualms mm. about sort of like shooting and killing people um, at different points. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. It, 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 you know, again, it's one of those actions. It's one of those like action star tropes, isn't it? Sort of like you know, sort of a, a, yeah. a casual relationship with murder. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, you, I, you're right. I, I love what you said there about sort of um, Marion being on sort of even keel with with Indy. Like she can hold her own. Like she's not, mm. you know, she's never in this film. She's very rarely, if ever, sort of like the um, damsel in distress. Like she's holding her own. She's always nah. sort of got agency. Uh, she's always sort of got a plan mm. of her own to sort of you know doing whatever she can do, um, and so yeah, I think she's a she's a relatively well written character. The problems that sort of come out yeah. of this is that you, you find out that, that Indy and Marion um, have had a relationship, and they talk about it being ten years ten years previously. Yeah. This is, this <laughs> I know where this is going. Like, yep. Hmm, that that yeah. doesn't work now. Doing a bit of digging on this, I, thought, <laughs> I had to. There's been multiple people that have done timelines and tried to figure out how old each of them was supposed to be and all this other stuff. Um, mm. And I, so I, I sort of looked at a couple of those, but I also looked at why this happened, and it does definitely look like this was sort of like one of those things that was supposed to happen in um, uh, a previous version of the script um, when oh. <clears throat> other people, like you know, Marion was supposed to be a little bit older. Um, and someone else is going to play her and this other stuff, and it sort of just didn't go away. It was just it was just one of these things that was like, well, their relationship's got to stay, but they just didn't go around to addressing the details of it, and so they were a bit like, that. Yeah. no one will notice the fact that uh, she's supposed to be in her <laughs> mid twenties, uh, and he's supposed to be in his early thirties. Um, <clears throat> so in, in but they this... just had to they just had to change a sorry Scott they just had to change a number. Yeah, change change ten to to two or something. Yeah, or five. You know? like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So basically, yeah. it turns out that he was about twenty three, um, and she's fifteen when they had a relationship. Wow. And uh, oh, there's, just, there's no getting around that. <laughs> there's just no yeah. getting around that. Um, and so yeah, it's a little bit awkward. Um, I mean, you realise yeah. that actually. The other thing is, this comes from the fact that another thing that was supposed to be, and I again, this just going into the depths and the sort of the rabbit holes of the internet. The original version that they wrote, but you you said about how Indiana Jones has sort of got some charm and he's got a bit, of, you know, he's got a bit of charisma because mm-hmm. that's what Harrison Ford brings. The original yes. version of Indy was supposed to be a lot darker, like they were looking for someone who oh. was like. Uh, they were going to go for a character that was a lot darker, um, you know, a lot more bitter and a lot sort of more world weary. And uh, it, mm-hmm. obviously that sort of went away. So these are sort of like just remnants, I think, of previous drafts that may not have got tidied up as much as they probably should have done. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, because I'm just thinking, uh, because Indian is. I guess character does change um, mm. for me, particularly between the first and the second film, mm. um, and then it kind of goes back to to what I I thought he would be in the third film. Um, he did, I wouldn't say darker in the second film, but he certainly seemed a little bit more arrogant and a bit um, kind of dismissive. Um, he come he came across I found in the Temple of Doom, but that's interesting that he. Um, I'm glad that Harrison kind of changed that, in a sense, and you get someone that is someone that you can actually back, um, mm. at, at least in in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, because 
as I mentioned before, essentially he he pretty much carries the film. Um, he's a solo action star, and and all the travails that he goes through, he pretty much single handedly, um, you know, finds a way out of it. I mean, Marianne as well um, helps out. Of course, she ha- she herself has an extended scene, a really great chase scene um, through the the streets of of Egypt, um, you know, with the little monkey mm. as well. That was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, for the most part, Indiana Jones carries it. So I think it was great that they they probably steered away because then he would have maybe become more like the other action stars, and um, and not be so defining. Um, with, yeah, I, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. Because like, you know you're right. Weirdly, although he's sort of like the sole, like you say, he's carrying this franchise. You know, but he is almost defined by then a lot of these sort of support characters. Um, yeah. And I do enjoy that. Like, say, I think um, some of it comes out of necessity as well, because that whole Egypt thing, yeah. when they do go off to Egypt, you know, you've sort of met the Nazis, they've had their fight. One thing I will point out, you say about the makeup used on uh, some of the clearly <laughs> Caucasian um, <laughs> actors. Oh, yes. There's a guy who appears in, well, the first two definitely, and he had a, he had a scene in the third one which was cut. Uh, he's a guy called Pat Roach. Who um, is a British? It was originally a wrestler, actually, on the sort of the British circuit, many, many, many years ago, like decades ago. But he became a stuntman and actor, mm-hmm. uh, most famously, you know, in this country for a, a, a program called Orvitazine Pet. Um, but he, he is in the, he appears twice in this film. Um, he first oh. is the the big Nepalese guy who works with Marion, so he's behind the oh, bar and he gets yes. shot. Um, and then later, he's the German that he fights, that Indy fights um, at the plane and gets caught in the propellers. Is that the same guy? Yeah, wow! It is. Yeah. I would not. I would not have. I would not have guessed. No. Oh, geez. And he appears in the second. Oh. He appears in Temple of Doom as you know that the big bearded um, Indian guard um, down yes. in the depths. Of, that's that's Pat Roach as well. Yes. Is that? Oh, the one who okay. get, get, get squashed how, by the rolling wheel. Um, yeah, yeah. It's so it's so funny because um, it's funny that it's one in the same guy because there was always this tropey, you know, big, um, physically dominating character, mm-hmm. and, and it's just funny to, to hear that it's actually the same guy. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> literally the same guy. It's yeah. great. Um, but yeah, like yeah. I say, that, what, wow. to do. I mean, that that chase throughout Egypt, you know, the sort of the baskets and everything else, uh, and Marion sort of being chased. Mm-hmm. That's a, you know, do you enjoy that scene then? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, it um it was a lot of fun. It uh the monkey <laughs> I think added a lot to it, and and I love the the monkey's role in the movie. But no, I mean it, the one thing with Indiana Jones, um, and again, I guess they they try to recapture it in each film are the chase scenes, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the action. If it's not action, which is pretty much straightforward, you know, fisticuffs here and there, or you know, a gun there, or, or shooting. Actually, the Nepalese bars are a very good example. If it's not that, it's it's a chase scene of some nature, and um, and no, it was it was really well done. I, I really um, enjoyed that. Uh, is that where we are introduced to Salah? As well, yes, that's where really, around yeah, that yeah. time. Yes, yes, the great John Reese yeah. Davies. Yes, Salah, sort of the uh, the um, uh, Egyptian again, a Welsh guy, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> playing an Egyptian um, uh, excavator or digger. Um, 
Again, it's yeah. one of those things that sort of like you, you wouldn't do it today, but he, he is great as Salah, but like he's clearly not from North mm. Africa. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, well, actually, call me call me silly as well, but I mean, I thought he did have some kind of inkling to it. I mean, the dark hair, um, he had the moustache, and he's got a slight kind of tan. Um, <laughs> you know? I'm, I'm pretty so, sure. That, yeah, I'm pretty sure that tan will be enhanced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, most definitely. Because don't forget that sort of like he is also the person that went on to play Gimli, uh, the dwarf in mm. um, uh, Lord of the Rings, and um, you know you have yeah. more of his, his, his proper Welsh accent comes through uh, a bit more sort of thick and yeah. which is cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, the other thing as well, sort of talking about that chasing in Egypt, one of the most iconic moments uh, we talk about necessity is obviously the sort of the big. Uh, the guy who steps out wielding a huge scimitar oh, sword, yes. um, you know, mm-hmm. flinging it around, and Indy just reaches into his his holster and shoots him. Yeah. Uh, um, I, don't, I don't know if you know this because it's it's sort of one of those sort of facts that I've sort of um, I've known for years. I think just sort of known it, but obviously the reason that, that Indy shoots him in the original script, uh, it was supposed to be a sword mm-hmm. fight. And it was supposed to be an extended part of that chase scene, uh, but at the time, oh. um, Indy uh, Harrison Ford was suffering from um, <laughs> better call it dysentery. Um, he had wow. severe stomach, stomach problems, and had said to Spielberg, "Look, I can be on set for like half an hour, but then I've got to go because that's about the, the best I can do oh. at the moment because I'm really ill." Um, and so wow. they so they scrapped the sword fight scene and just turned it into into that shooting. Wow, because that is very iconic. It was one of the most, I guess, surprising things um, that you would expect because it's a play on the trope, of course. You know, mm. there's this big showdown, people kind of um, fluffing their, their, puffing out their chests and, and something big is going to happen. And I love, it kind of reminded me a little of um, that classic, I'm not sure, I'm sure you do what, have watched the Blackadder series mm. um black adder goes forth yes. i think and lord captain flashheart <laughs> gets caught adrian edmondson's a german he has his large like very lengthy soliloquy and he just gets shot yeah. <laughs> um yeah. flashheart just goes boring and off he goes it was that that kind of same impact i loved it uh, it's just a a real kind of um, tongue-in-cheek um, poke at the the trope, uh, and and that is actually it becomes self-referential. Uh, yes. I, I can't remember if it's the second or third one where he comes up it's to in, the same scenario, but yeah, it's in Temple of Doom. Yeah, Temple of Doom. Yeah, um, but it has a very different different kind of ending to that one. Yeah, yeah. But this sort of like it's at this point like you know you've been building up to it, and it's really at this point that you, everything everything. Um, falls into place you know they sort of um mm-hmm. they now have the head of Ra, uh, the, the the head of the staff of ra they've had it translated they've got the staff of ra <clears throat> they're in cairo they're going into the tanis dig and they get into uh, the map room and you get like the great scene of indy sort of using that head of uh, the staff of ra to find the uh, the location of the well of souls which is a great name um for yeah. uh, for the chamber where the, the Ark of the Covenant is kept, um, and then you obviously get the the uncovering of the the uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Um, so yeah, what are your thoughts on this sort of this whole thing of now getting into the sort of the dig? Yeah, this was good. I mean, like um, as well as uh, looking at the the film holistically, um, the the great this the chase scenes were good, um, but for me. 
I guess overall, uh, the pacing of the the film, there seemed to be a lag in the middle. I don't know. Um, maybe I'm not sure. Uh, I, I'm no I'm no film director or, or writer, so I'm not sure what goes on. But um, there was a, a little bit of a lag there. Um, it was fun to actually see this uncovering the stuff of Ra. It was a very impressive moment um, because again, it's. Um, it's all technical, and and you actually get to see this legend come together with the the sun beaming into in th- through the jewel, uh, which inc- incidentally for those I guess who haven't watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you know we should be asking why not, but um, Marion had the um, had the jewel and had the the staff mm. of Ra. She had kept it right, so yes. that's why Indiana Jones kind of went to her, um, and so anyway, so Indy's got it. Uh, yeah, no, it was really cool. Even even to the fact that um, we again see uh, Indiana Jones's fear of snakes, which again is a recurring theme throughout the whole thing. It kind of builds this legend of him, um, but uh, yeah, enjoyable. I guess though. It's around this middle time of the the film, though, Scott, that I do, I do tend to not lose interest, but it, it seems a little flat for me. I'm not sure why. I, no, I, I do know what you mean because you've had sort of like you know yeah. one of the rules they say of sort of um, of action films is action every 15 minutes, isn't it? Like something's going to happen every 15 minutes, right? <clears throat> and this does yeah. go for quite a while of sort of like it's 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 not quite an action scene. Like you know they're going for tension and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. And so I can sort of see what you mean by this sort of. It does. It definitely dips it, it, to an extent. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing I'd also there's two things to sort of I, I want to sort of mention at this point is that the, the idea of the the staff and the head of Ra being used. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the the lights in a certain place. It goes onto this map of Tanis, and you get the sort of the location of of the Well of Souls, right? That's all well and good, I and mean, that's and you know it's helpful because at the moment the entire city is covered in sand, like it was buried in a sandstorm thousands of years ago. Great. When that was a real city, surely people would just go, yeah, it is. That's the well of souls over there. Like we know, we we sort of know because <laughs> it's well guarded. Like what have you got this map room for? Yes. Like, once you've done it once, everyone just goes, it's there, and you go, oh, oh yeah. It, it, I don't know. It, it's great in the film, but as a, as a sort of that's a, a very good point. As, yeah, as a practical lo- location device, it seems really excessive. It's like surely, yeah, the, it uh, does. But yeah, it, it, it's a great set piece. The other one though was I don't know. Maybe oh, go on. I'm sorry, sorry, Scott. I was about to say maybe, maybe oh, I don't know. Maybe it was kept a secret for. Mm. For hundreds and hundreds of years, so uh, it was hiding in plain sight. Oh, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, it, maybe there's, there's ways around it. But one of the other things that sort of a lot of people, uh, when I was sort of doing a little bit of research on this, was sort of saying was about snakes and this idea of the well of souls. Mm-hmm. Was saying, oh well, you know, what would the snakes eat? There's too many snakes in there. It doesn't make sense. Blah blah blah. Mm. And I was like, first of all, like, it's a film, sort of like you know. Like a bit, a bit <laughs> yeah, like the like, exactly. it, you know, you can criticise it, but it doesn't really matter. But then I actually—it's kind of like saying, uh, uh, "Sorry, well, sorry, Scott." It's kind of like saying, "Why aren't the characters having a toilet break?" You know, exactly, yeah, exactly. Surely they'd be wanting to go to the toilet now. It's like, well, it's a film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally agree. Um, yeah. So there was that, but then I, I, was, I was actually listening to a podcast uh, called Weird Studies uh, about this and sort of their sort of uh, view on this. And one of the things that they sort of raised was, um, well, actually, it's the Well of Souls. You know, it's there. This thing is this 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 location of the the Ark of the Covenant is supernatural in itself. Like this thing is designed to protect and repel mm. people from. It's designed to protect the Ark of the Covenant and repel people. That's the the idea of it. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so they put out this notion that actually those snakes didn't exist until Indy opened the the the, the door to it. And so that that is, it's the, the, those snakes are a reaction uh, to some sort of supernatural. You said about booby trap, some supernatural booby trap from the Ark defending itself and saying, right, well you're terrified of snakes. Here's a whole host oh. of them. Um, and it's almost like what a are, challenge. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I really like it. It sort of, you know, it gets past this idea yeah. of like snakes having to live and eat and everything in this sort of like you know, pit. <laughs> but I just love the idea of, the, yeah. of, of the, the Ark of the Covenant almost having sort of an element of sentience and being able to protect itself uh, and more yeah. tuning into. You know, it doesn't tune into Salah, it doesn't tune into Tote or anybody else. It tunes into mm. Indy, like it knows that Indy is this thing that, like, okay, he's the one that's gonna, it's gonna try and get us out of this, this object, out of this, this chamber. And so it yeah. tunes into him and his fears. And I just love the idea of that, though, which is probably, you know, so there's almost a, an idea that they say, well, the snakes aren't actually there. They're just a, this sort yeah. of like hallucination or this, this sort of illusion, and that's why they never get bitten or anything. Right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean. It probably would have worked better as well if Indiana Jones was in there by himself, mm. um, because then you'd have to explain. But I mean, we're talking supernatural, so you know why not have um, a collective, um, you know, hallucination? Uh, because Marion's down there, right? She gets thrown down eventually. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, so, and so she reacts to the snakes as well. Mm. So, um, but I, I like the idea. I think that's. Um, I think that's really cool. I mean. Thank God he wasn't scared of, uh, oh, I don't know, clowns. Clowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of clowns in there. Yeah. Yeah, you, um, yeah, that's that's sort of what I fit into my head canon now. And I think that's sort of, um, you know, mm. it, that's sort of how I take it now. That, that sort of, uh, that's what they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and this obviously leads to, yeah. you say about the, the pacing, this is where it starts to pick up again, isn't it? Because they get the Ark of the Covenant Yes, out. yes. And then they've got to escape the sort of the well of souls, and then it goes into the the fight on the uh, the the airstrip, and goes from there straight onto one of my favourite chases um, in any film. Um, it's it's sort of it's so good. I, I love this chase. I mean, Indy's sort of on top of the truck, on the front of the truck. He's hanging off the back of the truck. He's driving the truck. Oh yeah! Like, it's all over the place. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. No, it's great. I mean. You... That is a good one. I'm not saying that they get better and better, but they they are of top quality throughout all of them, even throughout to to the end. Um, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. There's a lot of fun chasing there as well. Uh, a little bit, it, it borders on the on the silly towards the silly side for that one. But um, no, but Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah, a brilliant, um, brilliant action. I mean. Yeah, and and going back to the fact this is all practical. So like you know, um, they yes. don't, you know when that, when he's being pulled along and he's under the under the truck. I mean, granted it's not Harrison Ford, but he's still um, no. he is he is doing everything that those stunts there. He's, someone's doing them. Someone's doing those stunts. Now that's really yes. impressive. Well, also as well, Harrison. I mean, I was surprised because you know I always I'm not sure if you're the same. I always have a little look and see is that a double or is that really mm. Harrison? And and for, for like the big jumps and stuff like that and um, physically, you know, um, challenging stuff. Harrison does a fair bit of it. Oh, I mean, sure, yeah, it's, I can it's, imagine, yeah, 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 yeah. He's not one to back down. I'm sure he's. And that's and that's I say. And that's the other thing, isn't it? I say if, if he's doing those stunts, and I think like I say he clearly does do a lot of them. 
you can get those close-ups yeah. and you can get some of those and it makes it look a, a lot better. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. How, how, how old is Harrison Ford? Do you know at this stage, 1981? Oh, I don't know. I have to check. I have a quick yeah. look. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think, it's think, uh, I'm think in his 30s, I guess. Yeah, must be. There you go, Harrison Ford. Um, so he was born in 42. So 52, 62, 72. So oh, wow. Gosh. So he was mid, mid to late. Jeez. Yes, yeah, so he was a lot older than I thought. Yeah. Wow. Well, he um he did really well, he did really well. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Just thinking, and he does yeah, actually. So, that's good because he, he does look older as well. I mean, he does he doesn't look like a you know like a Shia LaBeouf. You know, in the no. he's, he's not that young. Yeah. In the, um. So and that's good because a lot of it hinges on him being experienced and and being a professor and all that. So, uh, yeah, that's um it makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, you know that's, that's the thing with like say's film. It, it's supposed to have a history, isn't it? Like he's he's experienced. He's mm. obviously a little bit world weary. Um, yeah. But to jump forward a bit, like you know, you, you then get the whole thing on the uh, the boat. He's obviously got Marion back. She was kidnapped by Belloc, um, and they get back on the boat, and there's that toing and froing and stuff. And um, I mean, if you jump sort of beyond that to sort of the end, really. The, yeah. You, you get. You see, so can I hold you up? Sorry, cool. Scott. Can I hold you up on there? See that boat scene again? I kind of lost a little interest around that. Did you get that as well? Yeah, that's, I don't know. that's sort of why I'm jumping it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's yeah. It's inter- it sort of feels a little bit like padding. It's sort of like okay, well, we've got to get to this location. So yeah. We've got to do this. And we've got to do that. And that must so be it. It's good. I'm fine with it. Because um, I mean, yeah. you, know, you get little bits and pieces in there. There's a you know, little exchange between Marion and, and, and Indy and. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, the um the scene about where does it hurt? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah she hits uh, him with the mirror, and that's sort of, that's funny. Um, yeah, yeah, that is funny. Yeah. But the other thing is, well, is like you, you get to see the the uh, the crate with the ark in uh, the ark of the covenant in, and it, and it burns oh, yeah. off the sort of it doesn't burn the crate; it just burns the Nazi symbol off uh, the <laughs> off the sort of the box. And I, and I like little touches like that. I think that's really interesting. Oh, so it, it just burnt off the insignia, yeah. the swastika. Yeah, that's all it's doing. It? It's, it's, oh, okay. And again, so one of the things again, you know, looking is that idea is it's um, a false idol. It's it's again going into those sort of things. The Ten Commandments, you know, sort of, um, you know, thou shalt not worship a false idol, false gods. It's burning mm. off this insignia that sort of represents the sort of the, the Third Reich and the Nazi Party. So, um, right. You know, again, that sentience of the of the the object. Um, but again, you know, there's the to and the fro, and eventually they get to this island, and they get to set up, and you get the finale of this film, which, when I was a kid, this this, this finale scared the crap out of me. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's very different, isn't it? There's a, a real change of yeah. of mood, or, or, you know, it really becomes kind of like a horror thing, only because of the special effects, pretty much. No, I agree though. Even the tone, even the sort of, the, and I, it's, it mm. does. It takes this really weird sort of like left turn. Um, that it, up until yeah. now, you've been watching this sort of like pulpy uh, action adventure yes. sort of thing, this sort of globe trotting action adventure. And then all of a sudden, like you know, when they, they get past the whole ritual of it, he opens, they open the ark, and all of a sudden, like, it goes full on supernatural. You know, they've they've got these sort of like um, there's light coming out of it, and there's these ethereal. What look originally, you know, 
beautiful female uh, wispy spirit figures sort of floating around yes. and all this other stuff. Um, and you do, you're thinking, oh my god, this has really taken a, a bit of a left turn. Like, this is going, this thing, this isn't yeah. a, um, a figurehead pr- object. This is a literal sort of um, supernatural item. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's strange because, um, funnily enough, though, they do, they do keep that that essence in the films again as well. So mm. one of the things that Indiana Jones, um, which can kind of be over overlooked um, because it's such a swashbuckling kind of, as you say, pulpy movie, is that there are very much supernatural elements in in all of them. And and again, the, the very last one um, it goes really o- over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's something that can really be overlooked. And uh, it's really, I think it's it is most subtly done. I would say in the third film, but um, the first one was, yeah, as you said, it was a little jarring towards the end. I guess it's because it's the first time we are getting an Indiana Jones film, mm. um, and and it's kind of really just um, uh, just kind of sidetracks your expectations. Yeah, it, it definitely does. I mean, um, again, it feeds into this idea of this sort of like this sentience within the within the the object or. You know whether it is communicating with a god or the god or whatever. Like the, the good thing is, what it never it never tells you definitively. Like you know, it says, "Oh yeah, this this is a yeah. biblical artifact." You know, it was created. It, rep- mm. it was represents in the Bible. Um, the Ten Commandments clearly, you know, it's saying that those did exist or at least something like them existed, and it has this sort of supernatural connection. But at no point do they say, "Oh, but there is actually a god." You just sort of see this. Yeah. You just sort of see this supernatural event, and you're like, and then you can make up your own mind off the back of it, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, and, and I'm glad that they don't throughout the film they don't dwell on it too much. Yeah. Um, so again, I guess my point is that it's it's very much just an action, very much an um, an archaeologist, um, you know, finding treasure because. If it goes down that route and it starts becoming more, and, and the focus is more on like the sci, sci-fi supernatural elements, I don't think it would have been as as um, popular or or um, long-lasting. No, as no. it is and today. It, yeah. yeah, and and let's see what happens when we get to Crystal School. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and that sort of that ending, like you know, there's there's beautiful spirit creatures become evil, demonic-looking things, and they attack. They attack mm. the Nazis, um, and again, going back to those practical effects, like you get the three um, uh, um, soldiers. You sort, you know, you've got the, the Nazi sort of colonel, whatever he's called. You've got Tote, who's the sort of yes. the SS, um, and then you've yes. got uh, Belloc, and each each one of them gets a different um, death, sort of like <laughs> horrific sort of death. It is, it is terrible. Yeah, I mean, I laugh at it because it's just so horrible. Like, um, and and the special—it's something purely out of you'd expect Tales of the Crypt or something, or, yeah. or um, some really high, high gory horror TV show or film. But um, but I guess the villain always gets their just desserts, and and the more horrid and more evil the villain, uh, the more gruesome and grisly death. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's because tote, tote, yeah, yeah, because tote for me was the worst. So. Yeah, I was, I was about to say the same. It's, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. Belloc's head explodes. One of them sort of gets 
almost like yes, aged or sunken and gets really but uh, Toad yeah. melts. Um, yeah. <laughs> and his eyes sort of like his eyeballs sort of fall back in his head, and he sort of like the way again it's that sort of fast. Um, it's clearly like wax. They've done it. They're doing it to look a wax figure that's melted over time, and they've sped it up. But it looks brilliant, yeah. and it, it scared the crap out of it me does. as a kid. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised far out. I mean, as a as a wee lad, yeah. it would have been quite you know a few nightmares That's the it. following nights. I'm sure. But yeah. it, this was only a PG. I, when this came out, this was like a P. I don't know if it's been changed over time, like re-rated. But it's only, this was a PG, like parental guidance when I was little, when I was young. So um, I actually remember the first. Wow. I remember the first time I watched it, but um, yeah, it's still a PG. I remember watching this because as a it, kid, it, and I remember my parents' reaction, like getting to the end of this. I must have watched it a couple of times, and they're like, "Jeez, yeah, yeah. Ooh, uh, not sure." Um, yeah, that's strange. I mean, going all the way back to the beginning, where the guy gets spiked, you don't see anything, but you see a very horrible demise of him. Like he, uh, that yeah. was one of the most impressionable scenes for me. I remember young, just his face agog. And him, like, you know, getting spiked. And, and also, I think at the Nepalese bar, mm. I remember when I was doing the rewatch, someone gets, like, stabbed in the head or something. There was quite a um, quite a graphic, yeah. um, you know, death to a couple of them. Yeah, There's a few. Someone, someone like you say, gets sort of, like, they get bottles smashed over their head. They get sort of set on fire. Yeah. There's all kinds of things going on. Yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised this is still at PG. But, uh, yeah, wow. you know, that's the 80s for you. Yes. Um, So that's it. So that's that's Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's the first Indiana Jones film. Um, And and to me, it's um, you know it's like you support. It's up there as a classic. Like this is an iconic film um, that you know I I I think deserves to be sort of held up as as that sort of um, great film. Yeah, yeah. I mean Harrison is in his prime. you know, he's got the charm, he's got the looks, he's got the physicality. Um, uh, 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 really good writing as well. It was a solid story. Um, as I said, a couple of a couple of dips for me towards the middle um, and leading into the final act. Mm. But um, the other actors were Karen Allen. Really, like, she's a v- very beautiful, like, very attractive um, actress. Uh, so she was great. Um, and, and she was kind of headstrong as well, which is good. Um, and the, yeah, the support, like Sala as well, and, and the evil tote uh, really made it an enjoyable. And, and of course, that, that dated aspect of, you mentioned, um, who was that English actor's name? The, the guy that was uh, in the, uh, the airstrip fight. Um, you're always going to have one of those standoffs. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, really, really enjoyable. Yeah, this is easy. I can see why this sort of, uh, as you say, inspired so many people and sort of, uh, you know, has become such a mm. franchise off the back of this. Um, oh, actually, sorry, sorry, Scott, we haven't mentioned, we should mention, I'm sure we will, the soundtrack, the score to this oh, is of course. one of the most memorable, if not the most memorable, that you'll ever hear. And they, they play it to a T, not only in this film, but all the other films as well. Whenever you hear that Indiana Jones theme, uh, and each of the main characters have a theme, mm. uh, it's just it just still gives me goosebumps, um, even in the fourth film as well. Oh, yeah, no, that, that um, the, what they call it, the Raiders March, the sort of, uh, that, um, yeah. the, the iconic music. Um, it is, I mean, again, it comes back to, it's uh, John Williams, um, who... 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, scored my childhood. To be fair, you know, sort of. Yeah. Uh, yep. Superman, uh, Star Wars, uh, Indiana Jones, like the guy, Home Alone. You know, the guy has done. He, he is uh, one of the great um, uh, movie score creators uh, of our yeah. time. But yeah, I, I like the fact you, you mentioned um, the fact that, like they say, that that Raiders March. Um, is used throughout, like you know, they use it as a sort of a musical cue for certain things. Um, yes. Uh, but also, there's there's um, the the chase I talked about, um, you know, where he's on the truck when they're sort of trying to get the ark mm-hmm. out of the um, the airfield. The the score, the music for that is one of my favourite pieces of music. It's just so good. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's an excellent it excellent soundtrack. I've actually got it. I have got the complete indie score uh, for all, oh, all nice. four films. It is. It, it's, it's a really really good. Um, score solid music. Yes, you're right. We should, so should have talked about that. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes the film. Yeah. I mean, or, yeah. I mean, we can call out the other ones as well. I mean, um, Henry Senior, Henry Jones Senior. Um, I you hear a bit of his theme in obviously the Last Crusade, but again in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, mm. uh, and also is it Short Round. I always get it mixed up. Small Fry or Short Round. I think it's Short, short round, round, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Short round, Temple of Doom. He's got a really cool, cool theme. Um, so yeah, no, very good. Yeah, and I agree. So if we just jump forward then, to, to from 1981 to 1984, we do. We jump to the second film, Temple of Doom. Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom. Um, again, sort of uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, written by uh, Willard um, Hayuk and Gloria Katz. Story by George Lucas. Uh, again, starring Harrison Ford. Now joined by Kate Capshaw as Willie Scott, uh, Kei-Hoo Kwan as Short Round, uh, and Amrish Puri as Mularam. Um, and in this one, this is this is a. I'm gonna say go back into this one. I'd forgotten how sort of like um, almost quite small the the plot is really. But uh, um, <laughs> yeah. in this film, sort of uh, it starts in Shanghai. Um, and uh, Indiana Jones is trying to trade uh, a diamond for a um, the remains of a uh, an emperor, Chinese emperor. Uh, it goes a bit pear shaped. Uh, he he escapes, and when escaping, obviously the the plane is going over the Himalayas. The pilots ca- uh, bail out, and the plane crashes. But um, Indy, then accompanied by uh, Kate Capshaw's Willie Scott and his young companion Short Round. Escape the plane in a what is an inflatable raft, actually, um, <laughs> and they come across a uh, an Indian village and find that in the Indian village, uh, their stone, the Shankara stone that they uh, use, they worship at the centre of the village, has been stolen by the um, Indian Raj who has taken up residence nearby. Uh, when they visit the castle, uh, Indy, um, Short Round, and Willie. Uh, Adventure under the castle and find that there is a thuggy cult, led by led by Mularam, uh, going on, and they are digging for another lost Shankara stone. Uh, the belief being that these Shankara stones give unimaginable power. Uh, Indy, uh, as obviously saves everybody, gets the Shankara stones back, uh, and returns the village um, with all the children, I should say, that were stolen and kidnapped to be used in the mines. Um, and I think straight away you sort of mentioned how this is a slightly darker tone for this film, isn't it? Yeah, it, um, 
it's darker and it's it's got a different a different tone together, which is which is good because I guess with a sequel, although they do keep with a lot of the elements, um, they are trying something different. So mm. we get a bit more of an exotic kind of uh, expedition here, that being and looking for these uh, Sankara stones. Um, I always kind of think, are they Infinity Stones? I'm not too sure, but um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So this and and it, absolutely, Ducky. If I can jump straight to it, mm. um, you were mentioning what scared you was that finale. What scared me was um, how do you pronounce his name? Molaram. Molaram. M O L A Ram. So yeah, Molaram. Okay, Mularam. He was one scary figure for me, especially, uh, you know, I made sure that no one touched, you know, tried to grab my heart. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, when he, a great, great special effects there, um, but when he grabbed that guy's heart and started to pull it out, um, that was a very terrifying moment for me. But also a darker edge because, uh, and one of the things that I like about it is uh, we see a, like a dark indie Indiana mm. Jones, when he kind of is put under the spell. I love that, you know, when the hero is not um, of their own volition and, and um, just doing um, something under under the spell of another. Um, so, no, that was that was really fun. But, yeah, mostly mostly a little darker for me. Um, how about yourself? Yeah, no, it's, it's funny, because this, this film teases you. One of the things I sort of, I like about all, actually, I'd say about all four films, there's something about all forms I do like, but this film teases you like before like you know the, the cold open was like you said that short like almost like a short film it's a mini sort of indiana jones adventure that sort of culminates in the rolling boulder and it's all exciting and with this yeah. you sort of i can imagine going in 84 going oh my god how's this gonna start what little thing we're we gonna see oh we're gonna see a massive dance number um you know singing <laughs> yeah. um you know sort of <laughs> kate capshaw singing um with all these dancers and stuff, and it it's completely throws you off tilt. You're like, oh my god, what is this? Um, yeah. And so I was, I was a bit like, oh my, this is, watch it now, Mike. Actually, this is quite clever because it really puts you off your footing. Like, you don't know what's coming next. Um, but it almost has like a, almost like a, um, a period James Bond feel to begin with because it's not the yeah. sort of, you know, fedora wearing, leather, jack, uh, leather jacket wearing sort of indie. This now. He's wearing a tux. They're in a sort of quite a swanky club in Shanghai. Uh, it's a different feel. It definitely sort of they're definitely trying to set it up as a different feel. Yeah, and I think um, exploring a bit more of the cultures. So in Shanghai as well, I love I love the beginning um, and this idea of Indiana Jones because it is a a deep and rich kind of history, like um, Chinese history. You know, mm. you can only imagine if he's looking for um, for valuable artifacts there, what what it could entail. But no, it's a, it kind of, as you say, throws you because this is just the the beginning, um, and before they know it, they they get thrust into another adventure, which albeit is in is in India, which is just as exotic. And and need I um, remind you, Scott, about the the delicacies there that they've had to uh, they've had to take. Yeah. Uh, one of the other memorable bits for me was the uh, the monkey brain. Uh, that was quite uh, <laughs> that was quite disgusting. I remember when I was young. Uh, so actually, overall impressions for me when I first watched this was there was a lot of um, not disgust, but just like a lot of like ooh, ooh mm. factor, um, with the heart and, and and you know 
the uh, the cuisine. Um, that's what I kind of took from it. Uh, but rewatching it now, I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, it, it still is very much a sequel mm. in the sense of I got the sense of them trying to okay, we've got to give the audience as well like you know we've got to give them stuff there's a huge that huge mine scene like you're in a rock mm. it's almost as if that was made made for 3d you know we, we've got to give a, a spectacular um action scene towards the end um so yeah it, it, to me it had uh, all the hallmarks of a sequel um but i think unlike empire strikes back i don't think it supersedes um no uh, the original. No, I, I, I agree there. I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed it more. This, I mean, for years I've always held it up mm. as like, oh, Temple of Doom, it's not great, you know. Da, da. But I watched this time, I really, I did really enjoy it. And I, I actually kind of like, like you said, they nod to a darker version of Indy. Like in the very first scene, like, he threatens to stab Willie Scott. Like, you know, he grabs her and sort of takes <laughs> yeah. her hostage. And I'm like, Jesus, this is a different kind of Indy. Um, yeah. And he, so he still has that edge. But like you say, throughout it, like you know, they they do keep throwing things out as this darker sort of notion. Um, it still has its problems. Like it has a lot of problems in times. I mean, uh, you say yeah. about the sort of the food scene um, in in the sort of the Raj's castle, and it sort of it it just has this sort of like comedy racism sort of part of it. You're like, oh look, these crazy oh, yeah. these crazy Indians and their crazy food, and you're sort of like, <laughs> but I know they don't eat that. I, I love a good sort of you know um, <laughs> chicken tikka masala or a taka dal or whatever. Like I, I I've never been yeah. to sort of you know had done the local Indian. They've gone oh snake surprise, and you're like what? Yeah. So yeah, it it, <laughs> it does feel a slight slightly uh, you know looking at it now you'd go I'm a bit cringing. Go, oh, it's not great. But what yeah. I do I do like yeah. is it obviously explores uh, this notion that in this time because the other thing is well this isn't a, although it's a sequel film it's actually a prequel, so the film is set it is yeah one year right yeah, yeah. there's the years it's supposed to be set a year or so before the events of uh, Raiders, mm. <clears throat> which then raises questions around short round um, but we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so there's this whole thing yeah. of like they they, they discuss the. Um, uh, the the presence of the British uh, Empire still in the nineteen late thirties, uh, the British Empire in uh, in India, um, they obviously did, India wasn't returned or didn't sort of uh, succeed from uh, the empire until nineteen forties, um, right. so you have the presence of the British Army there and they sort of they, you know and again they can introduce this notion of the thuggy and the thuggy actually were a were a a Kali worshipping cult from the early 1800s, and they were all executed. Oh. Uh, that's all true. So that story oh. they give about the British oh, Army sort wow. of rooting them out and killing them is all true. Um, oh wow! So again, it's, yeah, yeah, so, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So Indy sort of tapping into real history again, which is actually quite interesting. Um, mm. uh, so I do like those sort of bits and pieces, but yeah, definitely a, a, a much darker film. Yeah, and, and I think also as well, just looking at Indy, Indy the character himself, um, so what I alluded to before was that he seems to be very dismissive or, or um, impatient with, with Willie a lot. Mm. Um, I don't know, I just got that vibe, whereas he had this different relationship with Marianne. Um, and they kind of, they bickered and, and they, they squabbled, and um, whereas... I mean, Willie did. She she did um, stand up for herself and everything. But when she tried to do stuff, it was almost as if Indy was like, you know, giving the side eye to Short Rounder, going and rolling his eyes, going, "Oh, I can't believe, you know, I can't believe you, 
um, yeah. <laughs> you, do, you know, you did this or you're doing this. So uh, for me, it was a change of character for him. And, and I didn't really like that kind of Indiana Jones. I mean, for me, he's more of a... Um, there are funny bits in there as well, um, but uh, a little bit more lighthearted, say... His character, I mean, say in mm. the first one and definitely in the third one. Um, I did like, there was that one bit um, where they're in that kind of, again, like this booby trap thing and you see Indy's <laughs> face in that yeah. small portal. It's, we are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and so I think Harrison Ford does a lot. He's he's probably not recognised much for his um, comedic timing, but he's he's pretty funny. Like some of the things that he, he does in the films are pretty funny. He, no, I agree. He's, he's got quite a good. His, his comic time is actually quite good, and he's actually got quite a wry sense of mm. humour. He sort of it, it comes across quite dry. Um, yeah, and I, I do, I do agree. I do like that bit where the sort of the the spikes and the ceiling are coming down. He sort of, you know, and yeah. um, he's like, "We're going to get crushed." And she's like, "I'm covered in insects." I mean, that is gross. That whole corridor yeah. covered in <laughs> yeah. however many insects and centipedes oh, yeah. and cockroaches and crickets and stuff. It's, it's gross, but. Um, and again, all yeah. practical, like all that's there. Like you know, that must have been horrible. Mm. Um, yeah, to do that. But uh, yeah, it, it is good. And it's weird because you know the notion, especially of having let's talk. I mean, let's talk about short round. Throwing in mm. a throwing in a sort of a, a kid, a, a young child sidekick, is usually an indicator that they're going to go more family friendly, isn't it? Sort of like you know, go oh, they're going to yes. throw in this sort of it's the, it's the Batman and Robin kind of sort of a situation. Like you know, you want the kids, yes. the kids to have someone to relate to, um, and that's sort of like what you think. That's what short round's going to be like, and that's how they set him up to begin with. That's the sort of the point, you know. This mm. uh, when they escape Shanghai, they sort of uh, Indian Willie sort of fall into the car. And you see the short rounds driving it, and in order to, to to reach the pedals, he's got little blocks, little wooden blocks strapped yeah. to his feet and stuff. And so you do think, like, oh, he's going to be the sort of the, they they play him as the um, comedy sidekick almost, the comedy kid sidekick um, to to a yeah. large degree. And so you think that's going to be the tone of the film, like it's going to be this thing of sort of like some madcap sort of you know sort of crazy adventure. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and then they sort of like switch it up because again like they get to the thing and when they're all taken like there's, there are moments when they do play up his kiddiness but then it's sort of like oh by the way uh, yeah this Molaram he's kidnapped all these kids and he's forcing them to mine in horrendous conditions um, starving yeah. them and beating them and then you go alright yeah and that, so when when Short Round is taken you know it's, it's more about sort of it's raising the stakes because you're like oh he's not just a comedy psychic like no he is in peril and you know, at yes. one point, like they're going to kill him. Um, so again, they're sort of throwing that in your face. That thing again, they're, they're teasing. They keep teasing in this film, of, like they're going to, you're going to get this. No, you're not. <laughs> We're yeah. going to try and make it like you know, something yeah. different. Well, I think I think with short round, uh, yeah, he's definitely used for um, for later on, obviously. With the um, the children mining and and um, the higher mm. stakes, but I, I still do feel that in the sense that he is a POV for for a lot of the kids, like for family oriented people, like the the younger audience, um, and you see that with him because he he kind of idolizes Indiana, right? Mm. And and you see him um, imitating Indiana's thing, and there are a couple of scenes where Indiana's punching some guy, short rounds punching. Uh, was it the prince or something? Mm. Uh, they're kind of in, in sync, um, and and I feel it's kind of and this is another point that um, for this whole sequel notion that I was um, 
referring to before that um, it, it's it's more it is a little bit more guarded towards kids, um, albeit with all the grossness <laughs> and and everything, but it seems to be trying to they've made a conscious decision to go. Um, Okay, we we we've got you know children minds and stuff. We can give um, Indy a, a sidekick, but we can use this opportunity to try and increase our audience by maybe attracting some younger audiences in here. Um, and I think he does a very good job. Short round, uh, he's for his age. I'm sure I don't know how old he is, but um, very cool, very again very charming as well, similar to Indiana Jones. And uh, you can see the affection he has for Indy. So they've got a nice relationship there. Um, and and I feel that he pretty much takes up Short Round and Willie are kind of composites of of the Marianne character. Um, because short round, there's this nice little bickering that they do. There's that bit where they're they're playing cards yeah. and stuff, and um, by the campfire. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a lot of fun, um, and and he can hold his own as well. And and as I mentioned, his soundtrack is is pretty pretty good. I think John Williams does a, a great um, rendition of a, shall we say, a, a kind of. Um, uh, how can I say it with that? I'm Asian myself, so I'll just say an Asian, <laughs> um, Asian-sounding score for for short yeah. round. Yeah, it's good, and also I think you know uh, the the guy who plays him or the lad who plays him is uh, Ki Hu Kwan. Is um, I also it was he was one of those actors that I just sort of I only know him from two films, but they're two so influential. It was obviously Temple of Doom, yes. and he was Data in um, uh, no, is it Data? Yeah, Data in Goonies. Um, yes, in Goonies, yeah. So I, I know from those two films. So from my childhood, like he's one of those fit, yeah. So he's not one of those child actors from the eighties. I'm like, I know that person. Um, that yeah. He didn't much after this, but like, but yeah, great. He's, yeah. A, he's a really good little actor in this. He really does. He plays the part fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even when he's in some sort of peril, I mean, you saw him in the mines. He's already, he's got that kind of rebellious nature. He's already mm. trying to figure out a way to escape. Um, so he's got all the good qualities that you know, say Indiana Jones has. Um, so yeah, it, it's a lot of fun to see him. Um, so yeah, one of the things you know, we'll, we'll get to on because I want to talk about Muller Arm as well in a minute. But the, the thing about sort of short round is obviously we said this is a prequel, so this is a set a year before, um, set a year before uh, Raiders. So the question is, where the hell's short round in Raiders? Um, you know, it, it's it's quite yeah. clear that his relationship with Willie Scott was never going to last. So I'm quite comfortable that, that didn't go anywhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, again, it was one of those things. That f- even as a kid, I was always like, well, "Where's Short Round gone?" Like that, you know, I want to know more. Um, and so I looked into this. I've looked into it, and, and what it is is, although he is, um, you know, when they're in Shanghai, that's where Short Round lives. So he's not like he doesn't hang out with Indy like, all the time. Um, he has been on right. numerous adventures with him. Um, since he was sort of found pot-picking. But he, he lives with uh, Wuhan, who's the other um, agent he's got with him, helping him out at the beginning of the film. And after the events ah. of this, yeah, after the events of this, you find out that there's actually a foundation that sort of comes out of the museum that spends, that you know, obviously buys a lot of money and stuff from, from uh, spends a lot of money buying the stuff from India and all this stuff. And they actually pay for a uh, short round to go to boarding school and he actually goes off and he actually becomes an archaeologist and adventurer in his own right and there are a couple of comics oh. there's, yeah there's a couple of comics with an older short round I forget his, they, they actually give him a real name I can't remember what it was um, <laughs> and he goes off and he actually has his own a couple of adventures as well which is really cool 
Oh, that's really cool. I like just I I like to hear these expanded um, kind of universes um, mm. within the Indiana Jones realm. It's 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 really cool. Yeah, I mean he deserves uh, he deserves a lot more, and I'm glad to hear that he's in comics and he has his own adventures. Um, but yeah, yeah, wow, I didn't know that. No, yeah, I didn't until sort of figuring out. So I'm, I'm going to try and track down. I think some of the comics he's in because uh, he's a good character. Yeah, and, uh, like you say, I, I like that he's he's given more to do in a wider world. Um, yeah, exactly. I um, actually I think with just a point with Willie as well. I I feel there is a real I don't know if you got the same sense. There's a real lack of chemistry between him uh, between Indiana Jones and um, and is it Capshaw? Did you say? Yeah, Kate Capshaw. Actor? Yeah. Okay, Capshaw, yeah. Um, didn't seem to really work. Uh, the only real... F- uh, I mean, one of the... The only memorable scene I, I have is uh, the old... That real comedy one with the the trunk of the elephant, mm. like knocking her at the back of the head. And I remember watching that thinking, oh, you know, is this a um, an example of when not to work with animals? Like, is this meant to happen? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you see her grab the snake and uh, and that was... I thought that was really funny. Um, but yeah, most of the time she, I don't know, she, she, yeah. And I think for, as a viewer, I I didn't find her that interesting, if I can say that. Yeah. It's worth noting, uh, she was actually, I don't know if she was married to, but she was definitely seeing Steven Spielberg at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that well, like, I'm, I'm not saying that it had anything to play in that, but it probably had something to do with that. Um, yeah. Okay. Because right. I definitely agree with what you're saying. The, sort of, the chemistry between uh, Harrison Ford and, and um, Kate Capshaw is it's a little stilted, and, mm. and you know I, I get that they sort of play in this sort of you know the comedy odd couple, but it never quite gels, does it? It never quite works. It doesn't. No. I mean, she's she's constantly just trying to catch up you know mm. throughout the film trying to catch up get up to speed with what's happening and indiana jones is constantly just saying oh come on and, and seeming to be a little frustrated at, at her yeah. um so it surprised me at the end right when they kissed so it was like oh it doesn't, okay. it doesn't i never knew that they were kind of interested yeah, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't feel right i definitely agree i definitely agree with that so but yeah, you know, so that sort of um, those relationships. But I, one of the things I do love about this film is Molaram, like the uh, you know the whole. Mm. The, in fact, the the thuggy cult, the way it's sort of built up, because you've got the sort of like the uh, Molaram, Sidaram, and they do all the sort of like the chanting and all that sort of thing. And you said about the before the um, the scene, which you know about about halfway through, so it's you know really sort of towards the second act, uh, you see him extract someone's heart. And then they lower that person mm. into a sort of like a molten lava pit, um, still alive. And one of the things we said about uh, raiders is that sort of they keep that supernatural thing right up until the end. Like you know, there is no sort of it's, it's mm. all sort of like straight. It's all kept sort of realistic right up until the end. And with this, they sort of like you say they start to seed it in towards the end of the film. Sort of you get bits and pieces. Um, yeah. And uh, that that sort of the third act, it sort of this to keep seeing because you get this, you get the heart on fire, you get the black. What do they call it? The black blood of of Carly. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Which brainwashes them, and then you get the stones glowing and burning and sort of stuff. It's it's quite cool. Yeah. It's a it's a good you know the way they seed it through. Yeah, I think the concept is really. I think the concept is strong. Um, if we go back to just that kind of sacrificial. 
um, scene with that guy. There are a few things happening there. Like he got he gets his heart extracted. It kind of closes up in on itself, mm. and he's still alive. You, you know, yeah. alive just enough to to get lowered into the pits of hell. And uh, and and what I thought was a really cool scene was yeah, as he goes aflame. The heart that Amularam is is holding that goes aflame as well. Yes. Um, so, very very kind of cool scene. And that, um, as you mentioned, that black blood, because um, uh, Indiana Jones is not the only one. It, it's the uh, the prince. Uh, mm. Is it the prince? The what, Raja, yeah, yeah. The, the young kid, the Raja. The Raja. He he is under the spell as well. Um, and thankfully, short round. Oh, you know. It's always just a little something that kind of snaps people out of it, whether it's a punch to the head or or a bit of um, a bit of flame or light, <laughs> it yeah. seems to snap him out of it. But short round finds out how to do it, how to deal with it, um, and he saves Indy. But I think again, as I mentioned, really cool to see Indiana Jones as the bad guy mm. for a little while, and and there's no way. You know, you can see him get out of it. He he's lowering Willy mm. into you know into the pits. And you're kind of thinking, well, maybe he's, going to, you know, yeah. maybe he'd do that if he wasn't under the spell. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, uh, was, this was no, going to happen uh, anyway. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm under the yeah I'm under the spell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and off he goes. No, but um, no, no, really, really fun stuff. Yeah, and it's this all kind of voodooish kind of magic that happens. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Uh, again, it's underplayed. So although we do get it, this is not the be all and end all of the mm. of the whole movie. Um, it's, it's very much still an action adventure with this as an element to it. I, I agree. It sort of works that thing of sort of like you know, in order for it to be believable, is probably sort of you know a bit of a stretch. But yes, you, they, they've only sort of introduced like say one element. Like it's not all out yeah. you know crazy. It's just this one element that exists in this sort of adventure world. Um, mm. But you, the other thing is, sort of, you know, once he's been this sort of the, you know, anti-Indy almost like the brainwashed Indiana Jones, um, I like the fact that they like say they they sort of they do maintain this darker um, tone for Indy because he doesn't not only does he sort of you know he sort of he's going to save the kids he's going to do the right thing we know he's going to do the right thing, hmm. but he sort of like you know short round burns him and he comes back around, and they say like we you know we're getting and they get Willie out and he says right we're getting out of here. He says, "Yeah, all of us," and it has that sort of like again. It's a, it's a, such a good image, like you know, this is why sort of Spielberg's so successful. But you get that sort of the backlit um, um, silhouette of Indy, like he's got his shirt back on and his fedora, and he's got the whip. Oh yeah, and it's just sort of like him, and it's yeah. like this is Indy pissed off, like this is revenge-based Indy. Like he's <laughs> he's going to let everybody go, but it's such a good yes. image of like you know, um, and he's not going to let these kids leave these kids behind. Um, and you obviously go into the sort of the finale then. Yeah, he, he's got such a. This is what I love. He, he's just got such a strong moral compass, and, mm-hmm. and this is, I guess, what you'd like any young kid to look up to, any any person to look up to, just in his actions. And that's why he's a whole package because he can he, he can fight the bad guys. Um, he's smart as hell, 
but he also he he just does the right thing um and and you're right that shadow that silhouette um which again is used throughout the films is one mm. of those motifs of indiana jones um they do like to keep all the all the same ingredients um, sprinkled throughout all the films, but it, it really does. It, it's, it's hair-raising as well, uh, especially that scene where he's back to his best, and it's kind of like a reset, a reboot, mm. and, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it does, it leads to sort of like some of the... And I, I, the whole third act of this film, the finale of this film, from that moment that, uh, you know, Indy's sort of burnt and stuff, is I, I, I love it. I think it's absolutely great. Like, this film, they say, he's got some pacing issues, I think, in the middle. Um, yes. And there's some of the bits and pieces. Like I say, it's, it's, it, the tone doesn't quite, sort of, you know, it's, it's slightly out of kilter with the previous film. I'm fine with that. And, but this third act, yeah. like, all the fighting in the mines, um, the, the minecart chase is very yeah. silly. It's yeah. very silly, but... I'm still on board because yeah. you know, um, and then you know the chase, and then finally the bridge scene as well, um, which we'll get oh. to. But what, are, what are your thoughts about all the sort, especially about the mind chase and everything else? Oh yeah, brilliant as well. Yeah, this is this is where yeah it really picks up um, for me. And uh, again, I had forgotten like my overall impression before was like oh yeah it's it's okay it's very much a sequel, but I really did enjoy this end leading up to to the um the bridge uh the mine scene yeah you, you can tell kids would eat that up mm. you know because you've got short round in there you, you you're traveling through it it's kind of a little bit of a little bit of slapstick as well people are getting bonked on the heads and uh, you know rails are um carts are being derailed and, not, and off you go but it is a lot of fun it's a lot of silly fun um and and it's it's something different i guess it's um, again we're talking about a chase and there's always a chase scene in Indiana Jones, I guess they were really trying to think of how can we make something different, you know, and let's put them in a mine like where, like on, on tracks. Um, by the time we get to Last Crusade, we'll see every motor transport used for, for a chase. Mm. But yeah. um, but in Temple of Doom, uh, yeah, uh, this mine thing is, is great. And I think they've really upped it. it. It's one of those examples of how do we how do we up the stakes here from the from the first um, movie. And they thought this would be it. This is very much for me... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's very much a, a thing that you would put in to a sequel. It's a, it's a lot of just uh, fireworks, you know. To, I, I know to exactly what you're saying. I, I, I can yes, yeah. I agree. It's that sort of thing, isn't it? Like up in the ante. Like we had the we had the truck chase mm. in the first film. How do we yep. up that? Okay, well now we're going to pretty much have a roller coaster ride. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, on on minecarts, because the the one thing I do I do find you know with this, it's good fun. Like you said, it's totally good fun, and I I am I'm bought into it. Yeah. Um, and I, I may have to sort of like you know explain why I buy into this and not something else in say like Crystal Skull later on. But um, <laughs> with yeah. this, like the, the impracticality of that mine track is incredible. You know, someone's yeah, had to exactly. you, in your head. You're thinking like someone's had to lay this track out, but it makes no sense. Mm. Like, why would you have it this way? But you know, it's um, yeah. No, it's true. Yeah, it, it goes on for a while, doesn't it? As well, it's There's a like, tracks massive and tracks, and tracks yeah. of it. <laughs> and like I said, it would be so much fun. Could you imagine they just repurpose it for for 3D? That would be just great. You know, I reckon in, in an anniversary year. Re-release it in the cinemas, um, yeah. and, and add some three D. That would work really, really well. I'm, uh, I'm, but no, I'm, a very. I'm, sorry. I'm shocked that was never a virtual reality ride at like some stu- you know at Universal yeah. or, or sort of yeah. Disney World. Like, why was that never a virtual reality ride? 
Yeah, or I mean, surely they would have. It would have been a, a roller coaster ride. Yeah. In, in some of the theme parks. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that was just made for it. So, um, a, a little bit of um, one eye on on potential marketing and merchandising. You know, when they introduce this into the film, another eye on you know yeah. being part of the film itself, um, for sure. But um, also as well, we get. Uh, I think you touched on it earlier. Um, our, our good friend, that English, sorry, I forget, I keep on forgetting his name, Reynolds, the, mm. the English actor. Yeah. Um, we get him, you know, we thought we saw the last of him when he was chopped to bits in the, with a propeller. He's come back a little darker. Oh, <laughs> Pat, yeah, Pat Roach. Pat Roach. Yeah, he's come Pat, back Pat as, Roach. Sorry, Pat Roach. Sorry, Pat Roach. Now back as the, uh, the, the, the head Indian yeah. guard. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and grizzly, grizzly as hell. Grizzly as hell. He gets tied. His um, band gets tied under mm. that crushing machine. Indy just like looks at him, just watches him as as he pleads for his life, and then he just gets he yeah. gets mulched <laughs> again the second time for Pat Roach. Yeah, he did. Um, but yeah, Pat Roach all, all that's do well a, in these films. Yeah. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Um, but all of this is really good, really good fun. The pacing is up. Um, your charge, you know that this is this is the finale coming up, and yeah, it leads into the the, the bridge, um, which is oh my gosh, it's it hinges on, you know that can that can really happen, <laughs> you know what I mean? But on the other sense, it's like no, it is quite ridiculous and and fantastic that you can swing all the way down there and still survive. But it's um brilliantly done yeah I, I, I do really like the bridge I mean I like the chase they come out and they get chased down and they, like you said they sort of have the call back um, yep. uh, to Raiders where he gets chased down by a couple of swordsmen oh, yes. re- reaches, <laughs> for, reaches for his gun and it's not there um, yep. and all that sort of stuff it is good and like said, but that bridge scene it sort of it taps into this idea of sort of like I'm not sure if Raiders indie would do this, but obviously you know side thing. But he risks like literally risks his life. He's trapped in the middle of the the bridge. Uh, he's got the Shankara mm. stones in his in his in his bag, and um, he's gonna he's gonna chop the support sort of ropes on that bridge. And it's gonna collapse. Um, yeah. And uh, it's but it is it's really really good. I, I I'm I do love this whole scene bit, and then they have to climb up and. Uh, um, he has that fight with Molaram and uh, you know, sort of mm. Molaram tries to take his heart, takes, takes out Indy's heart and all sort <laughs> yeah. of stuff. Like it's, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a really good end um, to the film. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you see the evil of Molaram as well as he's climbing, scaling the the bridge. He, I think he, I think he, uh, I can't remember if he tosses one of the one of his minions. Um, in front of him, or the minion just he just he just falls yeah. on, on his own volition. No, no, I can't he does. Remember, he, but he, he, yeah. he does. He pulls one of the guys off the ladder to throw Indy, like yeah. drop him down to try and take Indy. So yeah, yeah, he's, he's a bit ruthless. His old yeah. arm. Yeah, and and there's um, of course we have a, a pit of, of alligators or, or crocodiles at the bottom, um, eager to eat, snap up anything that falls down. Yeah. Um, so. It was it was good. I, I like the fact as well, you know, without being too cynical, that um, that Indy speaks to Short Round in in Mandarin, um, but by mm. no, I mean you can you can clearly see what he's asked him to do. So if I was one of the minions, mm. regardless of if I understood Mandarin or not, I would know that something's going to happen. So yeah, um, yeah, it's not but, it's not no. subtle, is it? Cause it's like no, yeah. it isn't. No. <laughs> He ties his leg around the. Uh, he, he winds it around. But yeah, what a what an 
awesome thing because you'd never you would never do that but of course indiana does mm. and um yeah he survives and, and muller um well needless to say he meets a, a grisly end um he does the death does. roll by the yeah. alligator um and uh, yeah it's yeah. quite so well done it is it is i'd so say so it's like you said it, it's not it, it, it no way surpasses rage of the lost ark it's a very very different film no but I do find that it's actually a really satisfying... Going back to it now, I find it actually is quite a satisfying sequel slash prequel. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I actually really enjoy it this time. I, I was I was into this... Probably the, I probably enjoyed this film the most this time than I've ever enjoyed it before. Um, yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with you as well, Scott. I haven't seen this for at least a decade, maybe mm. even more. So... Um, but watching it again with fresh eyes and and knowing kind of kind of what to expect, uh, it was thoroughly enjoyable. And uh, by no means, as you say, does it is it better than Raiders of the Lost Ark? But um, it's a different sort of film, isn't it? It, it kind of it's, it's a nice little adventure in itself. Um, and uh, apart from the you know small references, um, the very Indiana isms in mm. it, in it um, it's pretty self contained. Um, but no, highly enjoyable, and I'd be watching this again, um, for sure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Another great 20th Century Geek episode. Thank you for listening. If you would like to get in contact to suggest topics for future shows, or just chat about everything nerdy, you can email me at 20thCenturyGeek at gmail.com. That's two zero thcenturygeek at gmail.com or find me on social media, Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Just search for 20th Century Geek. If you would like to support the show, please go on your podcast catcher and leave a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. It raises the show in the ranks and lets more people know about the podcast. If you want to show more support for the podcast, we do have an Amazon wish list. Just go on Amazon and search for 20th Century Geek and you will find a list of books that will help with research for future podcasts. And don't forget, we love secondhand books in 20th Century Towers. Once again, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.